This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on the Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based championship team. Bustin' Loose Baseball, hosted by Grant Paulson and Toby Altizer, gives you in-depth analytics and interviews on everything baseball in the nation's capital. Now, here's your host, Grant Paulson and Toby Altizer. All right, let's dabble down to the minor league, Bust and Loose Baseball, episode 68. Toby Altizer, Grant Paulson here. Uh, you actually were in Harrisburg to go see the double eight. Uh, you were in Bowie, I should say, to go see Harrisburg to see the Senators and the double A debut of Brady House, who has been promoted. So let's uh, start there. Some big time promotions in the system. Dalen Lyle has gone from Fredericksburg, where he spent the majority of the first part of the year to Wilmington now, where he's had his first seven at-bats and has his first hit already in A-plus ball, so good for him, the 20-year-old. We'll get to Dalen Lyle in a second. But Brady House has become one of the more talked-about Nats prospects, a huge breakthrough year, 295 average, an 860 OPS, fresh off the Futures game where he made a great play defensively, put on a power display in batting practice, and now he finds himself just a phone call away from the bigs. I think when you get to double-A, you know, you're knocking on the door. Uh, a lot of times, you know, guys will go to AAA. That's not always the case. He'll be in AA, I would imagine, for the remainder of the season, though, and, and maybe even start next year there and then get the call to AAA a month or so into the year. But he is 0 for his first six at the plate. He did walk two times on Wednesday night. Uh, so good to see him get on base in his second game in AA. Yeah, so the, the one takeaway, because the game I went to on Tuesday night, the – Senators got two hits, one from Robert Hassel, one from Trey Lipscomb. So it was not a great showing for Harrisburg. But, you know, when you look at those guys compared to everyone else, you look at the Futures game where they were at, you look at them, you know, against Bowie and uh, amongst their teammates. Brady House and James Wood just look like different dudes. They're just bigger. James Wood truly looks like a a basketball player. Brady House is a big kid that's only going to get bigger as he continues to get a little bit older. 
those guys I think are going to have real bright futures. So it's good to see them. Obviously, not the best showing, but you know, you see the potential with both of those guys. Just even looking at their physique, I mean, those dudes are just you know, as they say nowadays, built different. Like those guys are big for their age. So, you know, I didn't get to see a whole lot of him in the field. There weren't a whole lot of balls hit to him at third base. But one thing too that stood out was. You know, when Jackson Holiday got called up to double A, there was a media contingent out there to talk with him and Bowie. And they asked him like, hey, Jackson, was there anyone that you ran into along the path that, you know, stood out to you in a ball or high A or whatever you've seen so far in the minors? And the first name he mentioned without hesitation was Brady House. So he's left a, you know, a real mark on the players he's going up against. And Jackson Holiday at the game I went to hit four balls hard and two of them. He got on base with, he's batting like 500 in double A. So for a guy like that, the number one prospect in all the baseball, for him to immediately, without any hesitation, mention the guy that's impressed him the most in the time that he's seen was Brady House obviously means something. Yeah, that was awesome. Uh, I loved hearing that from Jackson Holiday. By the way, you just said he's about 500. I don't know if this includes his numbers from the game on Wednesday night. I think it does. Nine for 20 at the plate. In double A as a 20 year old, sorry, a 19 year old, nine for 20 on the season. Remember, he started in not even a plus ball. He started in a ball in the Carolina League at Delmarva, spent two weeks there, and then he got called up to a plus ball. And now as a teenager who was in high school 13 months ago, he is now in double A where he's hitting 450 with a 1050 ops in his first five games. But 76 games into the minor leagues, he's already in his third level. Pretty amazing for Jackson Holiday, just flying to the majors. But great to hear him give love to uh, Brady House. I like when the peers take notice of guys. I was texting with someone with the Nats, and they're just so encouraged by the year House is having. They're like, we're, we're really getting excited. Uh, they said, you know, he might be a dude with a couple U's. And I was like, you know, th- you could just tell. They're really, this was not long before they, they bumped him up. Right after the Futures game, I think they got some really good reports and and saw what they wanted to see as he was around some other stars and now he was carrying himself. So I think they're getting more and more comfortable, too, with Brady House's confidence and his demeanor and just, uh, you know, some of the. I don't even want to say process stuff because that's more baseball, but um, some of the, you know, intangible things. And he's 20 years old. Right. So to be 20 and in double A like that's. That's a really aggressive timeline they've got him on right now. I mean, he's a high school draft pick just two years ago, already in double A. That's pretty rare. So kudos to him. Uh, Another guy I wanted to hit on. We haven't talked as much on the pod about him uh, as we have Brady House or James Wood. But we have talked a good bit about Dalen Lyle and and how much I like him. I've seen him so much at Fredericksburg now this year. Uh, Seven home runs, a 290 average, an 880 OPS on the season. He's also 20 years old. Kind of a forgotten man in this system. Last year, he was a second-round pick, the 47th overall pick in 2021 a couple years ago in the Brady House draft. But he didn't play at all last year because of uh, an injury and and surgery, Uh, Tommy John. So they were waiting for him to come back. But in 2021, in rookie ball, he played about 20 games. That was the only thing we'd seen from him. So then he shut it down, didn't see him in 22. It's kind of out of sight, out of mind. But what a really good 2023 he's putting together here in about 70 games at Fredericksburg hit almost 300 with almost a 900 OPS. And so now he's bumped up to Wilmington, not an easy place to hit uh, James Wood and Brady house both thrive there. So we'll see if he can do the same, but presumably 
you know, they'll have him spend the rest of the season in Wilmington and he'll be in line maybe as a 21 year old next year to spend the bulk of his year in double a and, and try to get to triple a, which would be really encouraging for the athletic outfielder. Yeah. I mean, it's really cool because we talk all the time about the top three guys in the outfield and Hassel and wood and green, but we hardly ever mention Lyle. Like you mention him all the time from going down to Fredericksburg, but it seems like nationally, no one talks about him or anything, but this is a guy that all he's done this year is hit. So it was good to see him get rewarded and moved up. So, I mean, we'll see because now things are trending a little bit downward with Hassel. Maybe Lyle takes his spot as one of the top prospects for the Nationals. We'll see, you know, as things continue to go forward. But, you know, it's always nice when you get those kind of guys that just get forgotten about and then you see them on the field again and realize, oh, right, that's right. That guy is a good ball player. And you're seeing it this year that he's really – shown what he can do as a second round pick. And I'm excited to see as he continues to progress, if he can keep growing on that. Yeah. I mean, if you look at the system right now, uh, James Wood and Brady house uh, of the guys, I'll add Dylan Cruz in here in a second, but of the guys currently in the system playing minor league ball, Wood and house, I think are in their own tier in terms of prospects. And then you, you kind of skip down to the next tier. And that's probably where you have, let's say Cade Cavalli, and Robert Hassel, and maybe Christian Vaccaro, who's still at the rookie level. Um, I, I would even throw Jake Bennett into that tier. Uh, I'm a really big believer in Bennett, the, the lefty who's 6'6 and 230 pounds. He was the 45th pick in the draft last year. His numbers have been outstanding this season. A 170 RA in 12 starts, 56 innings, just 44 hits and 70 strikeouts, a 218 average against. Now, I do think he spent too much time at a level he was too good for. Uh, but he did get bumped up to A-plus. Well, he hasn't thrown in a while, so I'm kind of curious to see uh, what's going on there and, and what happens next for him. But that said, that's kind of the next tier down. When you add Dylan Cruz to the conversation, I think maybe the tiers become Cruz and Wood gap, House gap, Cavalli's crew, you know, Cavalli, Hassel, uh, Bennett, Vaccaro. Maybe if, you, if you're high on a guy like De La Rossi, you throw him in. But they're at least now getting to a point where even though all these guys aren't blue chippers, there's a little bit of baggage or some warts on, say, Jackson Rutledge, how long it's taken, or Cole Henry just because of the injury history and now post-thoracic uh, outlet, you know, some of those things. Like, they're at a point where they're close to 11 or 12 guys that you could see if things go well, like being really helpful major leaguers. And I haven't felt that way about the Nat system in a long time. Yeah, I mean, it was eye-opening when we had on Kyle Glazer, and he made the comment that some people looked at the Nats organization and the lower levels and said, these guys aren't you know, good ball players, but these guys shouldn't even be playing professional baseball of any sort. And you know, now you're looking at it, and they look like they're running a respectable organization in terms of the minor league program now. And you get, like you mentioned, there's more than just a handful of guys that you look at and say could be you know, respectable, good, contributing major leaguers. There seems to be some depth now. Now, you know, it's going to take some time for some of these guys to get there, but it's nice that we can talk about this team and mention more than just one or two prospects that we're excited about. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, 
there's joy in every journey. Yeah, well said. Uh, all right, couple of things, some housekeeping to do before we get out of here. Uh, we've told you guys in the past that we like reading your comments. We need comments to read comments, though. It's weird how that works. So the way that this works is we need you to subscribe and rate and review and do all of those things that people do for podcasts. And uh, when you do that, please give us, ideally, a five-star review. That would be nice. Uh, there's one jerk who gave us a one-star review. Oof. That's just a guy that doesn't like us, probably. or doesn't like me, I'm sure. <laughs> I rub him the wrong way or something. Like, why, why do you even rate? You know what I mean? But I digress. Uh, but go ahead. Leave us a, a rating, review, subscribe, whatever it is that you do. And if you could leave a comment, that would be awesome. We will shout you out on the show uh, because we are not above that. And frankly, we're, it's very sad. Um, we just we need our attention dollars, and uh, that's what we're doing to try to motivate you to leave a comment for us. So please go do that, uh, and we appreciate you spreading the word on this podcast. Uh, anything else you wanted to hit before we get out of here? Real quick, so I know a lot of people on Twitter were freaking out because Elijah Green hasn't been in the lineup in Fredericksburg in quite some time, and Mike Rizzo talked about uh, recently before, I believe, this Chicago series that he's had a – a wrist sprain he's been dealing with. So we'll see with Elijah Green. It's definitely been a discouraging year. And, you know, hopefully this isn't a lingering injury that he has to deal with. But, I mean, at this rate, the way that it's been going for him, this season's almost going to become more of a wash than anything. So hopefully he can rebound. But, you know, I, I think when you draft a guy like Dylan Cruz where you do, I think that he gets he now becomes a luxury for you because you're looking at a outfield of having Cruz and Wood and, you know, maybe Lyle or Hassel or whatever other guy pans out. But now Elijah Green turns into a little bit of a luxury. So we'll see what happens with him. But I know a lot of people were freaking out about him not being in the lineup, wondering if there was something where they were being a little shady and just he's had a wrist sprain. So we'll see when he gets back in the lineup. But that's, I guess, the answer for why he hasn't been in the lineup at Fredericksburg. Yeah, bad sign that as I'm going through their top prospects, I didn't even mention him uh, <laughs> now. I mean, it's because he, he hadn't, as I said, been active on the field here lately. But uh, even still, I think you'd have you wouldn't put him in the. It's he's not in the Cruz Wood tier. I'm not putting him in the House tier at this point. So he's probably in that third tier then of the super high upside uh, guys. That, you know, he he is a higher ceiling than any of those players. He's probably more in the Wood Cruz ceiling territory as the fifth pick in the draft last year. But it's been a long time since he's played. Uh, that well, I guess we could let people know that the newest national Rico Garcia, a native of Honolulu, Hawaii, has been added to the roster uh, to that bullpen. He'll be pitching into the weekend. Uh, was drafted by the Rockies back in 2016 out of Hawaii Pacific. Uh, was a 30th round pick and has bounced around like this is your prototypical journeyman. You could use him when, when in doubt. Uh, you could just put his name down on immaculate grid. And hope for the best. Uh, he's played for some teams, man. The Rockies, the Giants, the Orioles, the A's come to mind. Uh, so now he's getting a chance with the Nats. Have you played Immaculate Grid, by the way? How are you doing on it? I play it all the time. I play it every single day. I'm usually up past midnight, Grant. So that's when the new one resets. So I play it almost every night before I go to bed early in the morning of the next day. So, yeah, absolutely. I love Immaculate Grid. I'm not good enough yet and I haven't followed baseball quite long enough, not old enough that I can get these, you know, 25 rarity scores. I'm still more so focused on trying to get all nine right. But some of these people get crazy rarity scores with the names they can pull out of a hat. <laughs> the best is when the Nats are involved. I love that. 
Now, oh, yeah. I, like when I see that curly W, I'm fired up. For people that don't know what we're talking about, there is a really fun game. So some people, you know, do Sudoku. Some people do like word finds or whatever, or maybe crossword puzzles. Uh, there's a just a kind of a cool little exercise, brain exercise. I actually had uh, one of my best rounds today, but it's called uh, Immaculate Grid. It's ImmaculateGrid.com. It's a baseball game. There's nine boxes, and there's then like an X and a Y axis, uh, essentially. And so, like on the on the vertical, you might have like Rays, Twins, and it'll say like a hundred RBI season. And then on the um, you know the horizontal, it might say like All Star, and then it'll have like the A's and and the Blue Jays or something. And so basically, where there's a match, you know, correlating the X and the Y axis. You have to have a guy that played for the Rays or the A's or a guy that was an all-star in a, in a Minnesota twin or what have you. And the idea is you're trying to come up with the most obscure answers. Like you could pick the most obvious ones too. If it's the Rangers and the Yankees, you could just say Alex Rodriguez, knowing you're going to get it right. But the idea is you're going to pick someone and based on who other people are saying, it, it tells you what percent of answers have been that person. So, like, when it's the Nats or the O's, I do these deep cuts, dude, where I'm oh, like, yeah. it's like 0.1%, 0.2%. You know, it's fantastic. But sometimes you're just stuck, or, or I'll try to get cute, and I'll be like, I'm pretty sure he played for both. No one is going to guess this. So I'll put his name in, and then he didn't actually play for both. Mm -hmm. So, like, now I've screwed myself because you only get nine guesses to fill out the grid when you use all nine guesses. Uh, no matter how many boxes you've successfully filled out, you're done. So there's times where you don't fill out the whole nine square grid. So it's, it is a lot of fun. Uh, but my lowest immaculate, or they call it rarity score, right? Yeah. My lowest rarity score was today, which was 54, which I felt good wow. about. But here's my question. How do they tabulate that? Because I thought they were adding up all nine boxes, and that's the number. But that that's not how the math works. So how does the rarity score work? I honestly have no idea. I really don't. But you should see some of the rarity scores of these baseball writers. You know, Charlie and Dave have ridiculously low numbers when they do theirs. It, it's nuts. See, I think Mark Zuckerman had one the other day that was like a 24. <laughs> They're pulling out guys that it's I've golf, never heard right? of. It's golf style. So you want it as low as possible. Yeah, absolutely as low as possible. So it's it's nuts seeing some I of the names with, that people uh, pull CJ out of the Nikowski hat. at MLB Network Radio who played for, I want to say it's like 13 teams. But supposedly, there was one a uh, few weeks ago where you could use him in all nine boxes. <laughs> so he just kind of went through and clicked his own name in like all nine boxes, which is pretty good. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, I like but it. it's cool. I, I heard that uh, like a uh, front office guy with the Yankees created it accidentally, like just for a fun thing to do. And next thing you know, it blew up and baseball reference is now running it. And, yep. and they've done a, a really good job with it. Added a lot of uh, spice and information. Yeah, I guess Trevor Williams plays it. I've seen Josiah Gray tweet about it. So it's a big thing in baseball. Oh, is JoJo in? Yeah, JoJo plays it. Vic was telling me that Trevor's playing it and trying to beat uh, Dave Jagler's score on Rarity. So I love it. I love it. But, All right, it's cool. a it's a big thing. That's great. Well, enjoy it. Yeah, it's it's fun. So go nerd out with it. All right, until we are back next week, Boston Loose Baseball, episode 68 in the books. Thanks for listening, and enjoy your Nats baseball this weekend.